0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode. Hidden figures behind the numbers the rest of the restaurant our scientists. Here we take an in-depth look at the insecurities, inequalities, and systemic racism that relates to Black food service, both historically, currently, and our motivation really is to talk about how we're going to make change going forward. I want to thank my sponsors, Cornerstone Business Labs. Cornerstone Productions, and Cornerstone Media for funding uh, this podcast. We want to thank them for their continuous support. Without any further ado, I want to introduce today's guest, and he is Executive Corporate Chef for General Mills, Mr. Ted Osario. All right.
1: Thanks for having me. Honored to be here.
0: Ted, my man, um, clearly, you know, your, your, your pedigree, your history, your education, all of those things, I'm very familiar with and speak for themselves. Uh, but, you know, tell my listeners a little bit about, you know, who you are, how'd you grow up, where'd you grow up, who were your leaders, your inspiration, um, your mentors, all of those things, and how'd you get into the food service industry?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I love, love to talk about that. First off, again, thank you for having me. Um, real honor to be here um, in front of you to be able to speak. Um, just a little bit of background about myself. I've uh, been in food service uh, for over, if you add it up, it'd probably be over 35 years. Um, you know, uh, when you talk about early inspiration, it, it, it all starts with, with with mom, always starts with the mother in the ki- kitchen. Mm. Um, that's what sparked the interest at, at, at first for my passion. And at, that's just always looking at what she was doing and just how could I do it? But just um, always wanted to know not just how I could do it, but why. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanting to know why did this react this way? Why does this happen when this happens? So I always had that spark. So I would always try things in the kitchen, uh, most of the time when she wasn't in the kitchen, because half the time she didn't want me in the kitchen. Um, and, uh, and, and just going back and forth to uh, experimenting. And it was always started with an oatmeal cookie.
2: Then
1: um, mm. it was frying chicken. And then it was just, and after a while, she was just like, all right, I'm not going to get rid of you. Let me just show you a little bit of this. And I just, uh, got my passion, uh, uh ignited even further. And, and from there when, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to go and work in restaurants, right. Wanted to be a chef just from there at,
2: mm-hmm.
1: at the age of 11 and those opportunities didn't always come. So, uh, like anywhere else, you, you start off as a dishwasher
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and you try to work your way up. So, uh, and I was a dishwasher for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally got a uh a, a break at um uh Fuddruckers of all places. Um <laughs> where, you know, just prepping salads and then uh from there was the the ground round when I actually got to work on a line from salads to fries to packing chicken tenders and just getting passion from there. Um but wanting to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 from there I got to um got the blessing to go to the Culinary Institute of America in uh, 1990, um, where um, I, I knew immediately once I got to CIA that I, I knew absolutely nothing. Um, and <laughs> immediately. I, uh, immediately, but uh, the, the one thing I knew too, once I graduated from uh, CIA, I still knew nothing. Right. All right. So <laughs> even from graduating from CIA and doing an e- intern um, uh, in, in New Orleans, that uh, still wasn't enough. So uh, and that's the the one thing, especially I've, I always talk about when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. Um, your education is when you actually leave school, mm-hmm. um, and, and your foundation is where you get is what you get in school. But your real education is when you're outside of school and you're in the real world and you're back of house because they don't always do the same things what we learn in school, right? right? So, right. Um, and that's the one thing I always, uh, when, when I speak to uh, young people that come to, to work mm-hmm. uh, or they're, they're coming to visit us at General Mills, I explain that when they say, um, what does it take to be a chef? I talk about all that, and I tell them it's not what you necessarily see on a food network. Um, it's not all that glamorous. It doesn't always look that pretty. Um, it's actually a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication, and it's a lot of um, thankless work right. uh, that, that that you have to do um, mm-hmm. in in the food service industry. Man, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I mean you know as well as I know, it's like you can come in. I mean, maybe now it's a little bit different, but back then you, you can have pneumonia and, and they'd be like, well, can you get me through service in the morning? So, um, <laughs> and through all of those times, but Absolutely. from there, you know, I got to, uh, work at, um, a media lot of school. I worked at a place called Arizona 206, okay. um, which was, um, it's, uh, um, it's a three-star, uh, a restaurant uh, uh, that was affiliated with other restaurants um, like sign of the Dove
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: but by far one of the the best places I had to work because everything we did was from scratch okay and I had a chef that would she'd give it to me every day okay give it to me every day um, and, and just would just uh, uh, and 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 and, and, and she was a female, and she just used to drill it at me, drill it at me. And she said, I will not compromise anything. Right. Um, and that, that stuck with me. You know, like, you, you can't be a, uh, what we call a shoemaker at work. You really have to care about what you do. Um, and it, it's not a joke because uh, it, it could be one, one little slip-up can cost you a customer. Absolutely. And now that customer's going to talk to 50 other customers not to come to your place. Right. Um, Absolutely. Uh,
0: so you grew up where, Ted?
1: Uh, oh, uh, From the Bronx, Boogie Down, Bronx, born and raised. Okay. Um,
0: Boogie Down, Bronx in the house?
1: Yes. So
0: I love, <laughs> yeah, love the theme music. Yeah, you know, we do it right around here Braverly Bravely Studios. So grew up in the Bronx mm-hmm. with Culinary Institute of America, Arizona 206, very high-end restaurant in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And so, what was that like when you came out of culinary school? What were you making in terms of salary? What was your position? Uh, talk about uh, what? What year was that? Ninety-two?
1: No, nineteen ninety. Man, that that position—it uh, was called uh, a roundsman position. So you got to be able to work everywhere in the kitchen. Any other Blacks and in the
0: kitchen with you? Say it again. Any other blacks in the kitchen with you?
1: There kitchen were or? actually. Um, yes, it was quite a few okay. um, in the kitchen and, and you know, as well as I know, I think the kitchen is one of the more diverse places to be. Um, I mean, whether it's, uh, I've worked with, you, you get to learn about so many different people from around the world mm-hmm. in one spot, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a, a person from Israel, you can have another person from Italy, Germany, mm-hmm. um, the Bronx, Phoenix, you know um Jerusalem, all in one kitchen, right you know and right. and that's the one everywhere it's I've it's gone good. it's been uh it's always been diverse you know and, and the the one thing I, I left off the list was I forgot to mention was Hispanic, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> a major part of the kitchen right black and black brown people are all over the kitchen, got you, you know right. um. That not necessarily at that time, we weren't at the, the higher part of the kitchen, whether that be an executive chef or a, a, a sous chef, maybe a lot more sous chefs than executive chefs okay. at that time. Gotcha. You know, so um, it, it wasn't until probably 1993 um, and 94 when you started hearing about the Patrick Clarks of the world. I and see. the Johnny Rivers of the world, who's my personal hero. That's that's the first uh, chef of color that I saw that was really doing it. Okay. And Walt Disney back in the day. So that that's my personal hero.
0: Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah was from Walt Disney.
1: Yeah. He was so. Chef. So, uh, but as far as the type of people, it's all type of people in the kitchen. Okay. But. At, at the, I think it's, it's, it's definitely getting a little bit better. I, I still, there's always room for improvement, um, for not just us being at the head of the wheel, but also advertising, of um, and more marketing of us, um, at these levels, uh, because we're more than just, okay, i make a mean pot of greens or, or fried chicken, you right. know? So we, we all, when we go to, um, Uh, schools like the CIA we learn about everything right and and, but like I said it's more uh, once you leave school and you go on um, to these jobs is where you really get your education on uh, what it means to lead to learn how to lead and learn how to follow as well right Um, Right. and a lot of times uh, especially throughout my career I knew from the beginning Mm-hmm. Um, leaving CIA, that, like I said, I knew, uh, absolute, not. I don't wanna say absolutely nothing, but I knew I had a lot to learn. Right. Um, so leaving the Keller Institute, we've also got that somewhat of a bad reputation of people coming out of CIA being a, a bit arrogant, mm-hmm. right? So, and I used to hear people say, oh, I'm not gonna work for this place unless they're giving me $25 an hour back in 1990. Right. And at the time me graduating, I would my main goal was just getting a job. <laughs> right. I had loans to pay. So I right. wanted to go somewhere where I can learn. Right. Um, and you know, at that time, the when you're a roundsman, I think at that time maybe it was gosh, maybe maybe seven bucks an hour. Hmm. At, at that time. Right. You know, so and then like it's like maybe after a year you'll get a fifty cent raise, so, <laughs> right. um, but it, even at that time in nineteen ninety, I was still able to to have an apartment at that time, right? right? That's that's poverty now, <laughs> right. right? So, um, yeah, well, minimum wage to be able minimum to live minimum. in 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 New York City at at, at that to be able to work yeah. in these type of establishments and live in two thousand. Um, going to be 21 right you have to have four of those jobs
0: right? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. even at 15 dollars an hour you can't make yeah it, not enough. yes so any particular challenges and 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 trials and tribulations during that period that you you know whether it was you whether it was the environment the economy uh, or you just was in a you know head down i'm going to grind i'm going to learn until i you know i feel more confident in my skills and abilities to you know, push for that. Sushi in level.
1: in or, in, or in the push. beginning, yeah. uh, like uh, at, at Arizona 206, it was more about just doing the job and trying to do the job as best you can. Right. Right. And um, from there, I got an opportunity to go to uh, the Virgin Islands and work at the Hyatt um, okay. in in 1991. And that was uh, that was an interesting. Experience. It was a great experience. All experiences are great, um, but that was that was kind of short lived. How,
0: how did that come about? How did you find out about the job? Did they pay to take you over there? What was what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, no, not at all, not at that time. Uh, okay. So again, I, that was more of another roundsman position. Okay. So. Um, it was, I was one of those, had a friend went down to the Virgin Islands. I said, Hey, they looking for somebody. I'm looking to get out of here. So I had been at, at that time when you, you work in the restaurant industry, maybe you try to get your bones when you first start out, try to get a year or two in there Yeah, and then move on. And that, that's just how the restaurant industry worked right. and works. Um, And so got down there. Hi. uh very busy hotel okay. um and I worked at a, a, a an italian place uh in 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 the resort and very busy very busy and it, but again it's one of those was like very busy um if it's not enough staff you got to put in the work right. so and uh if there's no dishwasher, you washing the dishes <laughs> wow. um and, and that was it was like that, so and then it was one of those. was like It's on an island, so at any given moment, the um, the lights get cut out in the hotel, right? Um, yeah. and you working in the dark, so uh, but you doing whatever you got to do. You got a full restaurant. You're doing all that you can to get the food out. Got you by any means necessary. Um,
0: did uh, they, but did you ever have an opportunity to actually enjoy the island? Uh, did you? With, you know, I did. You I, did I, room and board?
1: No, no, no. It was like you you got there. Like,
0: you I, had to pay rent.
1: Yeah, so I, I was. It was free for about two weeks. <laughs> then I had to find my own place. Okay. You know, so which I had. I was in a, in a beautiful house with like six other people. Yes. Gotcha. You know, so yeah, so it was probably like me and three other people in one room. Gotcha. I mean, we basically went there to sleep, and we got up and we went to work. And then, like, on the days off, you got to go to the beach. And that's probably one of the most uh, – I, I probably didn't get to enjoy it as, as much as I, I could have because I was on St. John, which is the smaller island. And, and St. Thomas was the island where everything was rocking. Gotcha. So if as a 20-year-old, I wanted to be where, where the partying was. I want to get off and go to parties. So right. by the time I got off work, everything was closed down. And being from New York, I was homesick, so I it was itching <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to get back home. No. Um, but it was still a great experience nonetheless.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, from there, I, I got to go back um, and worked at a, a few places. Um, I The one thing I learned once once I was leaving shortly after, see, I, I wanted to uh, go into the baking and pastry program. Okay. And... I couldn't afford that at that time because, um, it was, a, it was first of all, I think it was like a 30 week program at that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I knew I had to, I w- wouldn't have been able to afford it after going through the two years at CIA, mm-hmm. but I had a, a passion for it. Um, and I got an opportunity at a place at a restaurant, um, called banana cafe. Okay. Um, uh, again, one of those where I'd watch, the pastry chef and, and 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 get little tips and watch him and create menu ideas. And then um it's one of those things where the guy quit one day and I, and I took over, right? So, right. and I did a pretty decent job, but I knew um, it's one of those things like, yeah, I'm doing the job, but I still need to learn more.
2: Right.
1: Um, so I got an opportunity at a place called the Riga Royal Hotel. Mm. Um, in new york and um great hotel and that's where i got a great education from a great pastry chef by the name of hector ayala who uh took me under his wing and had me um learn everything about um laminated doughs and and everything about pastry and and more of the um the fundamentals of uh and learning more about ingredient functionality okay. and, and, and learning about um, how things work with the products and how everything comes together. And, um, and, and did a nice uh, stint there for five years. Okay. And, and there from then I got, I tested the waters um, and non-commercial with Aramark. Okay. Um, so I was the um, assistant baker. Um, over at uh, Chase headquarters and I got to be, um, then I got promoted. But okay. you talked about some of the... I,
0: hold hold I, on one second. Hold on one second. I just want to back up because you, you're dropping a lot of knowledge here. One, so one of the important things that I want my listeners to understand and, and hear what Teddy's saying is is that in the food service, particularly in the culinary arts, restaurant, food industry, there's many avenues. So you start out in the culinary Right. And the Culinary Institute, you know, moving in that culinary line cook kind of position. And then ultimately you, you, you pivot over into bacon and pastries and mm-hmm. you find your passion and your drive there. Um, and you kind of go from there. So, again, I want my listeners to understand that when he's talking about these multiple avenues, you kind of have, you can reinvent yourself until you can really match your passion with your strength. Um, and bring those two worlds together, which is what, you know, you know, Teddy's really done. So when you start talking about, and, you know, and then you can pick up, but when you also, I want you to, when you segue over into the different, you said non-commercial, what, mm-hmm. does, what does that mean versus you was at Aramark, you said Chase, Chase Bank. Is that where you?
1: Chase headquarters at the time. Okay. So right. great. So yeah. We, so, we, so when we say, let's say commercial, okay, right. Commercial restaurants. So that could be, your mom and pop operation, right? So that could be um, a small chain operation. So that could be like Arizona 206. Right. That's a commercial restaurant, right? So even um, like Big Joe's Rib Shack, that's a Mm -hmm. commercial operation, right? Mm -hmm. So when I say non-commercial, so Mm -hmm. let's say like I just said Chase headquarters, right? So they have a kitchen. They need somebody to come in and run their food service establishment to feed the people inside of the building. Right. So it could be that, or it could be a conference center. Right. So it could be, um, I need somebody to run the food service at uh, giant stadium. Gotcha. So they places or even a college and university. So somebody to come in and run, uh, All of the food service establishments at NYU. Okay. So these are the the bigger, they need big they want uh, establishments that have that are organized. Right. They're gonna come in and set the food service and set the um the profit and everything uh for uh for these big operations.
0: Gotcha. So let's drop go into the science. So then you started speaking a little bit about ingredient functionality right? mm-hmm. and as a pastry chef and as a research and development. I know pastry being, you know, my, my understanding of it is it's definitely more of an exact science versus yes. and baking. So mm-hmm. speak to my listeners about, and don't be modest here because I know you're a modest guy, like your level of knowledge in terms of the science behind product flavor textures, um, you know, starches, coagulation gelatinization caramelization evaporation all those things you are a scientist at those things so you know you are uh, so you know that's you're you that's... watching a master at work <laughs> you heard that right so <laughs> yeah. like so drill down on like how you began to acquire that level of knowledge and experience to where you know you are your current position with general mills and your abilities to do research and development and develop products?
1: Well, I, well, let me first say, first and foremost, I'm a chef. Okay. okay? I'm, I'm not a scientist, right? As a chef, you, you have to have, you have to be part scientist. but uh, having the opportunity to work for a place like General Mills, I get to work with a bunch of brilliant scientists all the time.
0: Okay. And so you have the, the you have, ones. You have real scientists in, 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 yes, in your Yes. In your table. So, I got you.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I don't want you, your, your, your public thinking that I'm a scientist. Okay. I'm not at all. Right. So the, the one thing I get to work with the scientists and the, the great thing about being uh, as a corporate chef for General Mills, what we bring is our real world experience. Gotcha. Okay. To the table. So uh working with the scientists, let's say if for instance they're, they're developing a new biscuit.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And what they're trying to if, if they're developing a new biscuit and they want to add a little bit more flavor. Mm-hmm. As a as a chef, it's up to me to say, yep, I like the flavor to to give my opinion to say I this would work in this type sort of establishment because of this okay this won't work because of this or
2: right
1: this is straight nasty you shouldn't have this out there it, you're gonna it's gonna be uh, 86 in about six months what you put it out there right. so <laughs> you have to we have to be able to to be candid uh, right uh enough to to say like this isn't gonna work yeah. right but also what we also do we um do a lot of testing of products, right? So, uh, in the, in in my kitchen, in the in the um in our food service, because all corporate chefs do different things, right? So, okay. for General Mills, we're we're all about um baking. Okay. I mean, we have a bunch of different products, but it's mostly baking, right? So we sell flour, we sell Gold metal flour, so and all these other things. So, uh, a lot of testing. So, like I said, I'll keep using this example as as a biscuit, right? So. Right um i we we'll, we'll do run a bunch of tests to see how things hold right so if you're that food service establishment you want to be and if you're you're making a biscuit sandwich whether that be bacon egg and cheese you want that to be able to hold in a hot box for a certain amount of time so right. this type of testing but also we'll test we'll to see how long it holds but also we'll we'll do real world testing right under baked overbake, um, too much water, not enough water, things that operators do, right? right? So, but also be able to talk about why an operator would do this, you know, why an operator um, is not gonna put this stuff in in the freezer because they have no space in the freezer. We need to be able to, for you think when you think about now, you think about that commercial operator, And and be able to say to these scientists, but not only the scientists, now we're talking to people in marketing. Marketing. Now we're talking about people with with packaging to be like, you can't make a box that big, right? So Mm -hmm. what about that guy that only could have room for, that he doesn't have space at all in his freezer for this? Is there a way to keep this in the cooler, all right? So can we design a mix that'll fit properly on the shelf in the storeroom? So it's it's a whole bunch of like how to as as for my job as a corporate chef is to see how to how I can make things easier for operators out there. Right. So especially in the world right now, as we live in, I think it's I think before the pandemic, there was an epidemic going on with chefs in the food service industry as far as um, finding labor. Not just skill labor, just finding labor. Period. Got you. So, uh, my job is just like, okay, how do we make it easier for these operators? How do I take this one product and turn it into forty different products right. for that one operator, so they're not having to buy five different products?
0: Right.
1: You right. know, how do I make it simpler?
0: So that's what you do. Wow.
1: That's part of what I do.
0: That's pretty interesting. So okay.
1: That's that's one day, right? So, um. I mean and that that that's what it is right so um and I think it it's 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 it's, it's going to be it's difficult now but I still think there's going to be opportunities with this pandemic but I think how do we keep it simple right now like I think we're going to go back once to smoke clears and then we can talk about more creativity but now it's like what can I do to keep the lights on and keep it more interesting for my 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 people to stay loyal to me
0: right right
1: and, and and still want to be motivated to come by and see what I have
0: got you got you so it sounds like you you have your direct customer is a business business the business but you have to keep their customer in mind in terms of how they're delivering the product to their customer my mm-hmm. am I, am I correct? you, you, you you have to keep your eye on both on both markets is that correct yeah
1: yeah and i mean and gosh i mean the, the landscape of our business is ever changing man yeah so it's it's just at a at a at a speed we we just you you have to you have to be able to reinvent yourself right. if not you're going to you're going to be a dinosaur and we're, we're seeing that live right now Right. Um, with a lot of just like, gosh, just what was it last week? The Twenty One Club. Yeah. You know yeah. That, that you know, and and, uh, and and you could probably think about five hundred more restaurants that are doing that right now. Right. And and again, like you had Chef Casey Jenkins on, who I I talked to recently, and mm-hmm. uh, and he he had a lot. He was very optimistic, and he said people are figuring it out. Right. Right. So, okay. So, all right, I got to change up my, my scene from this fine dining thing may not work right now. So maybe I just have to pivot right, and have to figure out how can we just have some fast casual takeout for right now until I can, uh, so I could just pay these bills and keep my lights on to survive. Right. And, uh, or, or or make my, uh, make my business smaller. Yeah. Well, you know. I
0: mean, and, and and I know for a fact, cause I'm, you know, I'm here in the New York city market and I know these restaurants are normally somewhere between 2,500. They were restaurants used to be 3,000, maybe 4,000 square feet. And they mm-hmm. went to three and at 25. Now people are trying to figure out how do I make it work in a 1500 square foot footprint, which is yeah. like, like you said, so now I can't afford and my model doesn't support uh, a a $50,000 pastry chef or you know mm-hmm. mean. Well, and, and a $60,000 executive chef. So how can I buy products from General Mills that will allow me to make a, a you know, a biscuit, um, some cornbread, and do it with, you know, someone that may not have went to, high, went to culinary school. Someone who can yeah. add water, add milk, add butter or sugar, whatever the case may be, yeah. and utilize that product in multiple products. Um, but also give a high quality flavor and, and all those other things. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: and, you know, that was, and the thing about it is, like, before I went to General Mills, you know, when you think about General Mills, the, the one thing that comes to mind is just Cheerios, <laughs> right? And, and when they reached out to me, I was thinking, yeah, right. So, <laughs> uh, number one, I was thinking, I'm in, I'm in the Bronx, and they were telling me about this job. I didn't know what General Mills at the time. Uh-huh. And it sounded awesome. And I said, wow. I said, this is the job that I wanted. I've been wanting all my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm thinking, when do you need me to come downtown? And they said, well, here's the thing. It's in Minnesota. <laughs> and so I was like, well, it was nice talking to you. And then, uh, and, and from there, it was like, no, wait a minute, you know, and it's just, just give us, come check it out. See what you thought. And once I got down there and I was, I was sold and I, and I can tell you it's probably one of the best decisions that, that I made. Um, but the, the part that was tough for me was what you talked about, like I was pastry chef and I was at the, I was executive pastry chef at the Hilton Rydetown at the time. Okay. And we were used to doing pretty much a lot, everything from scratch. I say we were probably at 80% scratch operation at that time. Um, and this was back in uh, around
0: 2004 and, and, and right, you, you're making buttercream, from scratches, those. Scratch. Yes. Like explain that to, you know, just give a, a, a high level of what were you making? What would, what would be your production daily? What would be your daily production list?
1: Well, we had two, well, I just give you an idea. We had two restaurants, two, uh, full, uh two, uh, restaurants. One was the full service restaurant, then we had the uh, upscale restaurant, then we had room service.
0: Service and catering?
1: Yeah, and then you had your catering your banquets, right? So like anything else, it doesn't matter how well your restaurant is doing if you don't have no catering. So we we always had catering, uh, and it was always up the wazoo, Um, it was always busy. Gotcha. So and weddings, so it was kind of like a medium-sized hotel. So we'd have like uh big businesses coming and we'd have, let's say, fifteen hundred for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And right. we'd and we'd have them like all week, and then you'd have your weddings on the weekends, your bar mitzvahs on the weekends.
2: Right. And then
1: you had to uh make sure that you had your amenities for your VIPs. Right. And and then um making sure that you had or your little amuse bushes and and all that stuff for the restaurant, and then all your your stuff that, that the pantry needed to put out your desserts at night. Yeah, yeah. And um and any other last minute things that right. Hey man, this guest is pissed off. Can you give him this? <laughs> can you can you give him a cake?
2: Right. Oh, I
1: forgot to submit this cake for you. Didn't get the be on that? No, I didn't. Right. <laughs> because I, you forgot to give it to me. Right. So um so just daily grind of that and I had about six people um, that reported to me um, on my staff which was wonderful but like anything else somebody leaves to go to somewhere else they're not necessarily replaced right away or they're not going to be replaced at all Um, the the pastry shop is like you said is one of those shops where they can take a loss and it's like okay pastry shop needs somebody I'll send somebody from banquets over here to help them out. Right. And um, I started to see the writing on the wall and I started to notice that everywhere that I went, pastry was one of those places that was mm-hmm. getting cut. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and like you said, that that $60,000 pastry chef hiring that, that's, that's few and far in between now. And a lot of these places that I mentioned, Right. They're, they're either no longer in, in existence, or they don't have a pastry shop anymore. And gotcha. even when you talk about some of the biggest hotels in New York now, mm-hmm. you know, like, a lot of stuff is coming out of a box, mm-hmm. or that, you know, it's, it's easier.
0: Which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not. Which is and
1: <laughs> it, it's it's not at all.
0: You can but I, I a decent product and get great yeah. flavor. If it's and it's right. been,
1: and they've gotten better with the products. And I remember uh, if somebody would have brought um, a mix to me or some biscuits from General Mills at the time, I might have scoffed at it mm-hmm. at the time because I'm just like, nah, we're doing that from scratch. And probably a little bit of insecurity, like, mm-hmm. Oh, you coming after my job, mm-hmm. you know, so <laughs> but had I been thinking too, I'd have been like, well, maybe this can be something easier. This, this'll take a little bit of load off my back. Whereas like now where I had uh, six people reporting on, on staff, now I got three people. Right. And now it was two people. Right. So, and, 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 and still doing the same amount of grinding
2: right. Right.
1: that I had when you had six people. Right, And uh, that, that wasn't fun at all. Gotcha. Um,
0: so they offer you the job at General Mills and what made you take it? And how has that journey been? How long have you been there?
1: I've been with General Mills now uh, 15 and a half years. Wow. So um, I, I can tell you it's it's definitely been the, the best decision that, that, that I've made. Okay. Um, uh, not only that, because not only that, I mean, the number one thing that that I I automatically love the place once I got there, mm-hmm. um, and I love the kitchen. And and what what was great for me was that once I got there, it was the um was what the colleagues that I was going to be able to work with. We had two certified master bakers on the team, wow. And so I'm looking at it as like, oh man, I hit the jackpot. I'm going to continue to learn.
2: Yeah.
1: As well as half weekends off, you know, so I'm <laughs> looking at it like that. And plus I'm getting and now I'm, I'm getting more money. So, yeah. and you know, the, 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 probably yeah. the, the, the hardest part for me was trying to figure out what to do with my time. Okay. You know, once I got there, because I, I'm coming from a job where I was working 70, 80 hours a week. And now it's just like, right. okay, this is like, yeah you get you get, you get a 40 hours. hour week and you know like Correct. it could be a little bit longer at times now it's like but it was more of a um not a grinding game of all right i got to get this done you got to get the stuff out it's more of a a, a thinking cerebral yeah so we and just really trying to uh um understand uh the business Right, understand uh, what the what is needed from not only our, our customer but also uh, our internal customers as well, right? So understanding what are the priorities for the company as well as what are the priorities uh, for business in the street.
0: So you know, so given the fact that you know how to make products from scratch, mm-hmm. what products? does General Mills have that you would, you could match up and you can make yourself and people would never know the difference that it came out of a box versus it was, is there anything like it? Is that pot? Is that? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I (laughs) I can tell you like, (laughs) like the products that they have, like we sell, we sell a bunch of products and a a bunch of products that people don't even know that we sell, you know? So yo play is one yogurt. But as far as it, uh, Betty Crocker, the stuff that you get in the store, that that's for, for retail. Mm-hmm. But for a food service perspective, it would be gold medal. Okay. You know, so everybody's seen a gold medal mix out there. And we sell a ton of products with gold medal. So that would be, you know, from, again, biscuits to yellow cake to brownie um, to pound cake and all of that stuff. As far and as well as our Pillsbury professional food service mixes as well, Um, you you know. But but like I said, that's only one part of it, right? So the one thing, like, uh, if I would go out, if whether I'm trying to uh, train our sales force, uh, food service operators. distributors, distributor reps is understanding the basics of our products and what's important um, to the operators, what's gonna be important to our food service operators, but also what's gonna be important to um, our other operators, which is our, our sales force and like I said, our distributors. What's gonna be so it's this is I mentioned three different people and they're gonna have three different agendas. So right. Gotcha. I need to be able to understand what's important to them and how to market that and how to sell that. Gotcha. And then the, the fun part is being able to work with the product, right? So the fun part is being able to, like I said, take our cake mix and whether I'm turning it into a cookie or a bar or something outlandish, or something savory, and uh, like I said, taking something ordinary and making it an extraordinary, yeah. but also making it look extraordinary, but also making it simple enough for operators to use it, to, 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 to make it because it could look like, God, that looks like that's got 15 steps to it. Like, nah, man, you only need three ingredients and you only need to do this, this and this. Right. Right. And you don't have to be a patient chef. You don't have to, you can be the dishwasher. You can still get this done.
0: And this is, this is why I wanted you to come on the show. One is because in a post COVID world, so we're going to pivot now in Mm -hmm. a post COVID world, Restaurant tours are going to have to rethink how they operate every aspect of their business. So whatever you thought about General Mills products and cooking from a box or buying from, you know, what I mean, or, or, or buying a cake or a pie, you know, let's explore these options that yeah. you know, Chef Ted and General Mills has. To rethink, some of them might not work. You know what I mean? Like you say, if you're doing a brunch and you know, I need a pancake batter, I need a waffle batter, I need maybe doing some crepes. Um, Like you say, even taking something that is traditionally a dessert and making it savory um, in some type of version of a pig in a blanket or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. Uh, But the idea that they could come to you and General Mills for those creative ideas and say, okay, here's one product. That you could utilize across your menu. That's going to save you in labor, save you in storage space, refrigeration space, perishability, and more importantly, in- increase your profit margins because contribution mm-hmm. margin is greater because you're going to save on the labor. So you know, is that is that the direction that you kind of that is start?
1: that is that Hold is exactly
0: you know going in?
1: Yep that that's exactly it, man. Is it, is uh. High- our job is to find a solution mm-hmm. for you and how can we make uh your job easier for you um we're not trying to make it harder man we're we're trying to figure out how we can make it easier for you um and how can we make more with less right you know so how how can we keep it simple but still look spectacular at the same time absolutely um yeah, yeah so, so and we sell pancake mix too so
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. now, post COVID, talk to me a little bit about. We got about ten minutes. I'm assuming. Yep. Um, one, where how do we attract the next generation of Teddy Osarios? Right. So if you you know you're getting up there in age, you're looking at retirement soon. What mm-hmm. are there job opportunities within General Mills that we are not you know that Black and Brown people are not aware of? How do they get in touch with? those human resource people, how do they even know what skill sets they need to acquire and yeah. fill, fill in those jobs? Um, you know, talk to my listeners about that because one of the thing, again, we, I'm an educator and I want to bring educational information to a post-COVID restaurant and food service world. Uh, particularly yeah. when you start looking at the, the state of Blacks in food service, mm-hmm. uh, pre-COVID, You know, the food service and restaurant industry, all three of those components that you talked about, independent and commercial and military establishment employed something like 13 million people. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that we're probably looking at a loss um, of 30 to 50 percent of restaurant operators in a post-COVID world. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's let people know about job opportunities in that corporate environment that they may not even be aware of.
1: Well, I I can tell you for for me and and, and kind of some of the requirements that we require in order to be a corporate chef. First off, it's not one of those things where you're gonna come out of for us. It's not gonna be one of those things where you come out of culinary school and then boom, you're gonna be a corporate chef, okay. right? So you you have to have some skin in the game. So and uh, the minimum requirement was ten years okay for my position before you came in it might be a little bit more lenient now okay but if you're going to come in and and you're going to talk about what it's like to be a food service operator you've got to be able to back it up and you need to bring that experience right so they're not just going to take anybody i understand but what i will say is you know Coming out of culinary school, I never knew anything about being a corporate chef. I never knew all of the other avenues that are available, like okay. food scientists, okay. um, food stylists, and I, I believe these uh, some of these, especially with CIA, they've they've really grown throughout the years about tackling a lot of uh, these um, uh, these areas that are that are available
0: added to the um, curriculum. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but but what w- what I will say is, if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, mm-hmm. they they can reach out to me. I can I don't know if you want me to just leave my email or you yeah, want yeah, yeah, to yeah yeah
0: yeah say whatever you want to yeah they, they can
1: just reach out to me at um it, it's my name uh, uh, theodore.osorio, Theodore dot theodore.osorio, T H E O D O R E dot O S O R I O at Jen Mills, g e n m i l l s dot com if if uh, anybody ever wants to reach out and have it has any questions for me, I'd be happy to answer and try to lead in the direction yep. of uh, what's uh, what's uh, what's available. So, but there's like definitely internships okay. um, where you can you can come a, and and work in the kitchen or even work um, if, if food science is is your field. We have internships at General Mills. Where they, they they'll come in and they'll they'll work in the in the labs, okay. um, and if you're ever in in Minneapolis, you can always reach out to me and come and I'll be happy. Well, shucks, I don't want to say that now. It's, it's COVID world now, so <laughs> the rules are a lot different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm loving the Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> background. <laughs> um, but uh. But just, just knowing that um, there, there are opportunities <laughs> and positions, I, to, to be able to have a platform like yours, to be able to, to, to show what is possible, right. I, I, I think that's, that's beautiful because we, we didn't have that before. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know where to find it before. Right. I just thought that once I graduated, it was just about grinding in the kitchen.
2: Yeah. That,
1: that's what I saw myself uh, when I went to Color and Shoot because that, that's what I wanted to do. But then I saw different opportunities and, you know, it's going to be different from a lot of people. So a lot of people will start off doing this and then they'll pivot somewhere else. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast because you don't see a lot of, um, well, there's a few of them, but not a lot of 60 year old people wanting to uh, grind in the kitchen.
0: Right. That's what I was going to say. It, it sounds like it's a perfect opportunity for someone who may have done 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a kitchen, in a grind. And a yes. 70, 80 hour work week that now wants to get a little better quality of life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe better, more stable environment and health benefits and all those other things that, you know, bring added value to people yeah. as you as you mature.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's uh, you think about it. like my, my, you know, there's just corporate chefs like you have Tyson out there mm-hmm. and you have your distributor chefs, like your, your Cisco's and your U S foods that, that do the food fanatics out there shows that uh, and, um, uh, and all the, the other distributors uh, throughout the company that have has a chef in the kitchen um, showcasing their products. Um, but it's it's just uh important to know where and how is it's sometimes the bigger question.
0: And and then lastly I wanna kinda just, just point out, Ted, and if you could speak to it a little more as well, is Sometimes there's other opportunities, like people want to get totally out of the kitchen, but you have that those skill sets that are transferable. So, yeah, I'm a chef, but now I do want to be a salesperson. Right. Yes, I do want to get on the distribution side of things or Mm -hmm. the marketing side of things, Um, you know, speak to those opportunities like those opportunities as well.
1: Gosh, yeah. And and you're right. So I mean a I don't lot want to of cook
0: anymore, but I'm using those skill sets to now sell. Yeah,
1: and products. and gosh, I mean, I just talked about my team, which I, I work with a a brilliant bunch of chefs. Mm-hmm. When I first started, there was, I mean, still about eight or nine corporate chefs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but throughout the years people go and move on. Uh uh, three of our chefs moved into sales. Okay. Right. So and if we wanna talk about uh, money. So let's say, as as a corporate chef, you can make onwards and and upwards of six figures and and up. Right. High six, depending depending on uh, what type of job you have. So the the money's there. The money's good. But also, if, if if you go into sales, then you you you're talking about a whole different ball game. Of now, I can increase if I increase my sales, then that's going to increase. You know my my ability to make more money and, and motivate me more to make that money. But then again, now you're you're changing your hat, and I look at kind of sales. It's more kind of like that 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 front of house type of business where right. we're the back of the house. So now you have to you 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 have to grow a little bit more uh, a thin uh, thicker shell, right. um, making sure you're you're keeping your customer pleased. And if something's not right, they're gonna tell you right away that something's not right. And then they're looking to a lot of times they're looking to the chefs to fix the problem. Right. Um, Like let's say let's say man, you you, and I can give you an example. Let's say your your biscuits your biscuits suck. They don't work. They don't rise. They don't do this. Right. Right? And the salesperson is looking to me to fix that problem for them. And I can tell you nine times out of ten, it's the operator that that's making that problem. So I need to figure out how to troubleshoot for that salesperson. Right. Um, Got you.
0: Yeah. So on that sales piece, you you get, you get, I'm I'm assuming it's commission based on top of a base salary. Yes. Which is why you get, you get a big account. You know what I mean? And you make them people happy, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're well in the, in the higher numbers of six figures, correct?
1: Yeah. And if, and if your game is good, like, and again, right. So you can be a a sales associate. Right. And then, and then the, the high you go up in the ranks. So it could be, uh, I forget the acronyms, but let's say a sales associate, which is the the, the basic tier, mm-hmm. uh, uh, salesperson, and then um, it could be, uh, district, regional, and the higher you go as you get promoted, the more it is for you. And then if you're assigned teams, and then you're responsible for those teams, and then it maybe it's a, a zone manager, then you're responsible for a whole zone of of Salesforce, and it's Right, you know, it, it 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 keeps growing. So that's totally uh It's it's totally up to you how high you want to
0: go. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. So and obviously, more black and brown people need to go, you know, and and begin to explore these types of opportunities mm-hmm. within these organizations.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I could say uh, now, especially with all that's going on, especially this year, and the, just the recognition of. With Black Lives Matter, there is um, more of a, a lead of uh, getting more uh, talented, uh, looking for talent um, uh, that are that are black and brown people out there. More of that need, you know, where they're seeing now. There is a gap Right. Um, out there. So, how can we fill that need? So, and and again, it, it, it the gap necessarily wasn't because. Um, the talent wasn't there, right? you know, it's just that a lot of times it just weren't given any opportunities. right? And, and the one thing we didn't touch on, and I don't, I don't want to take too much.
0: No, go ahead, go, 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 go.
1: You know, was, because um, I, 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 I got to do a demo and talk to some students and they said, talk about a time that one of your bad times in the kitchen. And, and I think it's, um, it's, it's recognition you know, not necessarily getting that recognition. And like you said, knowing that you're putting your best foot forward, knowing that you're grinding, um, and doing everything that you can, because you love what you do, but you know that you're doing it, but you're not getting recognized, you're not getting uh, paid properly for the work that you're doing, when you know
2: right. <laughs>
1: right, there may not be, there may be some other people that are getting paid more, yeah. And then when you go and you say, hey, I, I feel like I, I uh, deserve to get promoted or raise," say, oh, you're doing a good job. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, how many people have heard keep doing what you're doing It's coming.
2: Right. right. And
1: then, you know, maybe two years comes by. When's it coming? So right. it's it's the need for that recognition. And then I, the one thing that I said to students, you need to know your worth. Right. Right. You need to understand and know your worth. Yeah. And if you don't feel like you're getting your worth, you need to make a plan to figure out your next move, so you're you're gonna get um, recognized properly and compensated
0: properly. Got you, okay. Wow, great, great information, Ted. Um, Anything we forgot? We got a couple, like two minutes, three minutes, anything you wanna touch on that we did not hit? Um, Yeah, sure,
1: like, You know, like I said, I work for General Mills. If you want to find out more information, okay, uh, you can go to our website, generalmillscf.com, uh, okay. and you'll have all our recipes on there, and you'll have all of the chefs on there. And then uh, we have blog posts, and uh, we all our products are on there. Okay. And then you can learn a little bit about uh, myself and – my 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 friends and my colleagues, who I get the pleasure of working with every day, okay, um, and just learning a little bit more about the products and how we can service uh, service you all, and just learn about see more of the recipes and just more of the things that we're trying to to do and build uh, for our food service community because uh, we're trying to make it better for everybody out there.
0: Absolutely, and your restaurant tours out there again. You know, sometimes. You know, if there's something you contact Chef, uh, Chef Teddy and say, "Look, this is what I'd like to see," you know, he might yeah. be able to put that in a hopper. And you know, six months, twelve months down the road, you know, they get in the kitchen and they do some R and D. Um, you know, and they're developing products specifically that the restaurant will need. And again, in a post-COVID world, it is important that we we analyze, synthesize, and evaluate every aspect of our businesses so that yeah. we, can, you know, so that we can save. Um, as many of these restaurants as possible, and yeah, forward.
1: and more importantly, we want to know that information. Yeah, okay. Right, so like, I, I, I'm a chef, but I'm removed from the kitchen, from the grinding for 15 years. So, right. um, a lot of things have changed. So w- within that time, so we want to know uh, how we can help, or what what's 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 hot out there, and 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 um and and just how we can do do better for you how better how we can better serve
0: okay so I want to continue to be that con- that conduit between you know you chef Teddy General Mills and the industry because you know I want to that's why I created this platform ones for us to talk openly and, and candidly about opportunities for uh, for blacks and food service but more importantly you know what's the future look like for for everybody involved
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: business to business business to consumer and everyone in between so Ted, I want to thank you for your time. Thank, well, thank you, for, you for having me. And I, again, as we, as we wind down today's episode, I want to thank my sponsors, Cornerstone Business Labs, Cornerstone Production, and Cornerstone Media. Until we meet again, power to the people. You are watching a master of work.